welcome to this episode of Want to Hear Something Interesting, a podcast where your hosts Scott Ahern and Chad Knight discuss a topic using research and personal opinion. The topics will be wide and varied, but approached with the researcher's eye. Will everything we say be 100% accurate? Probably not, but we are striving to be as accurate as we can be. Every month on the 1st, a new topic will come your way. Occasionally, though not usually, there may be some language of the adult variety. Listener, be warned. Now, here are your hosts, Scott and Chad. Good evening, and welcome to Want to Hear Something Interesting? Episode 9. So, tonight is going to be a little bit different than any of the other episodes you've heard from Scott and I. Normally, we're very scripted. We do the research, and we talk about what we find. Tonight, not only are we not, we didn't do a whole lot of research, We're going off of what we know, but we've also brought a guest with us. So let's all say good hello, good evening to Jason Oblivion. How are you doing, Jason? I'm here. I'm here. Let's let's roll, baby. All right. So tonight we're going to talk about being black in America. Now, before we get started, just to get everything out there on the table, my name is Chad Knight. I am very much English, German, white. I'm Scott Ahern, Irish and German-Jewish. And then we got Jason, who brings our black to the table tonight. Yes, believe it or not, don't judge from my uh, vernacular, but yes, I am Jason Oblivion, and I am half black. I'm, uh, I don't even know where, my, where my black has come, come from, but my, uh, my real last name is, is Scottish in uh, descent, and I'm part Native American. But yes, I am black, So, and I got curly hair and all that jazz over. All so right. I can give you insight on being black in America. All right, so... We're going to start this like we start a lot of our a lot of our discussions. We're going to start with kind of a timeline of being black in America. So, you know, we all have to start in that very uncomfortable place where this discussion usually begins, and that's with slavery in America, where a bunch of white guys started a it was really a trade is what it was. It was people for sugarcane for molasses is what it really came down to, which is then used to make rum. I mean, if you boil it down to its basics, that's what slavery was about. It, it was to a it was to a certain extent. If, if you want to really start to at the beginning of slavery, it all started on in you know in the continent of Africa, where you had the tribes that were the richer tribes, and then you know you had black guys in Africa that were selling the poor tribes of Africa to the American slave trade. And at that time, slave trade existed all over the world. All over, in all cultures. I mean, if you even look at the Bible, there was slave trade there too. And slave trade still exists today. But I'm just saying, you know, it's like people get all, you know, pissed off and like, oh, well, you know, slavery in America. It's not indicative just to America. It, it's all over the world, all in, in all cultures. So, you know, I'm just saying, if you want to start at the beginning, it all started in Africa. Black people, rich, rich black people selling poor black people to the rich white people of America. Okay, fair enough. Now, all right, uh, and you're right, and that's one of the topics I wanted to get into is you have all these people today going, you know, almost telling white people that we should be upset or apologetic for our ancestors that owned slaves. And, you know, as far as I can tell in my background, none of my family has owned slaves ever. I don't know about Scott's family, but it doesn't matter because – I don't own slaves. Scott doesn't own slaves. Nope. So what is there, you know, as a black guy, what do you think of that mentality of 
I should be sorry for what my ancestors did. It's all about it's all about cultural. What's what's the word I want Guilt. to use? Re- relevance, I guess. It's all about cultural relevance at that time. You know, think about it like this. I'm I'm, I'm going to put it like this for everyone that's living in t- in today's you know world. You have your iPhones. You have your Samsung phones. Who do you think's making those? Slaves in the Asian countries right now. It's happening. Go look at our online. They have suicide nets in freaking China for people that hate freaking making your stupid iPhones that you're all posting and bitching and complaining about right now about the show. Oh, man, this this show's freaking racist. Ah, fuck these guys. No, no, no. They're slaves. See, slavery exists. Okay, so, I mean, look. As a black guy in America, look, I understand that my ancestors probably were slaves. I get it. But 200 years later, does it affect me? No, it doesn't. Because here's the thing. As a black guy in America, I only have a high school education. I went to a trade school, and I drive a truck for a living, and I make an awesome living. No white guy. You know, for instance, like my boss, he's a redheaded white guy. He gave me a job. I make awesome money driving trucks. I play video games all the time. Nobody's oppressing me. So I don't understand why ripping, you know, Robert E. Lee statues down or, you know, freaking Thomas Jefferson. You you even have these freaking fruit bags on the freaking far left. You know, you know, you know that, you know, that, uh, you know, George Washington, he was a slave owner, too. We should we should take him out. No, this is this is. This is sick psychosis, you know, which is what's going on right now in America. I mean, you guys are trying to change history. It's stupid. Why not leave history the way it is and learn from our mistakes? You know, and that brings us into our next point when we when we follow this track through history is next we've got, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation. Abraham Lincoln, during the Civil War, he freed all the slaves in southern states and that's one of the things that's misunderstood in a lot of ways is abraham lincoln didn't free all slaves only the slaves in the rebel states right you know that was one step closer but that really had nothing to do with the slave trade itself that had more to do with the politics of the time and the fact that he was trying to reconnect the union and and reconnect the states well, he was also trying to deprive the South of its economic livelihood. Rationale, I mean, political and military rationale, if you deprive the South of their slaves, you deprive them of their workforce, their means of raising money to supply the army, plus the means of harvesting the food to feed the army. And, and, why, and why was he trying to do that? It's because the South was pissed off because they had a different political ideology at that time. They wanted to, they wanted to secede from the Union. And Lincoln was like, oh, hell no, we can't do that shit because we, you know, we were still having it out, you know, with Britain, you know, still all pissed off at us. We didn't want to, you know, lose numbers. So, of course, he's going to make a political move. You know, but this is the thing that really that really drives my ass is that there is this misteaching of history that's going on in 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 the grade schools today about the whole, you know, civil war. It wasn't all about slavery. It wasn't about that. It was it was a component. Don't get me wrong. It was a component, but it wasn't all about that. It was about economic it was it was about cutting them off economically wise. Right. Because you know, because frankly, look, I'm gonna say it right now. 
the South were a bunch of goddamn traitors. They didn't they didn't believe in, you know, the Republic as the as the North was trying to put forth at that time. And so they were just like, oh, we're all about sovereignty of the states, which I which I get that, too. But, you know, that that's where the ideologies were, you know, that that's where they clashed, I guess I would say. And look, the South lost. They lost whatever. But, you know, the North wasn't all they weren't all good. No, either. absolutely not. Get me wrong. So then from from that era, from the 1860s, we move into the Reconstruction period after the war and the South still trying to they could no longer have slaves, but they could they could still use things, not allow black people to vote and things like that. You know, the Jim Crow laws and the different laws that were put in the books to I guess at this point, then, no longer to own, but to oppress black people. I don't know if it was to oppress. I, I watched this fascinating documentary. If you guys uh, are listening right now, go look up Clansville. It's on Netflix. It, it gives a history of the KKK. Okay. What was happening is that you had a lot of, you had a very large black population that were freed. And during the 60s, they were pushing for equal rights. And so you had a lot of black people that were freed. They were poor and they needed jobs. And so the white people felt oppressed. And so you had this one asshole from the KKK who were like, well, we can't find jobs. Not because there wasn't jobs, but just because the economy sucked ass at the time. And so he said, God started getting all the freaking white people riled up. It's the exact same thing that's happening today. And so, so they're like, well, you know, I kind of feel like I'm being oppressed too. So, so they used black people as a scapegoat. And so they're all oh, here, here comes the clan. And so the clan's like, well, you know, we're going to start blaming everything on the black vote. Exactly what happened during the 1940s with the Germans and the Jews. It's the, it, it's the exact same thought pattern. You know, it's you, you, like you have a populace of people who feel oppressed. They need to feel like they belong to something. And so they're going to find a scapegoat. And so in the 60s, when the when the rise of the Klan was, you know, pretty prominent, they used the black vote. In the 40s, when the when the, you know, when people were feeling oppressed, they used the Jews. But see, the thing is, is that if you really look at the problem of it, it wasn't it wasn't the blacks, it wasn't the Jews, it was the economy. It was the government. The government was effing around, jacking up the economy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, and, and from there we move forward again into the night into the 1960s. We were just talking the 1860s into like the 1920s or so. Oh, sorry. What's that? My bad. No, that's okay. I uh, sorry. So my- then we move into the 1960s, and you get things. Uh, you get the civil rights movement. You get Martin Luther King. You get Malcolm X. You get. I'm sure there was others that I'm not aware of. You know. No, that was that was pretty much it. That was just Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. But see, the, the both of them had different ideologies. Martin Luther King, he was a pastor. He wasn't a perfect man. He was a conservative black, and he believed, you know, um, he believed in unity through peace. Malcolm X, he was a segregationist. He believed that black communities should be segregated from the white communities, which I don't agree with that garbage. And he was very militant, and he believed that if the white communities, you know, were to come in and, you know. Uh, Started oppressing the blacks. He believed in, sorry, killing white people. He was very militant. There was also a group out there called the Black Panthers, which I believe they're still around today. I don't know what form they're in today, but in they were very militaristic in the 60s as well. Yep. 
were they were they connected with Malcolm X in some way, or were they just kind of splinters? They were they were a splinter group of um, I I I guess you I guess you could say like militant black nationalists, and the actual original founder of the Black Panthers did believe in peace, but it kind of freaking splintered off. Kind of like, you know, race relationships are today. And he, you know, and they just turn into like, well, you know, if we can't get stuff through talk, because, you know, heaven forbid you have a conversation with somebody because that's going to take time. So they're like, well, kind of like Antifa today, if we can't have it through, you know, civil conversation or civil discourse, we're just going to, we're just going to get all violent about it. F it. And that's, and, and that's where, you know, fascism comes into you know that whole political yeah. argument so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up something i found on your on your facebook i'll be honest today i was i was mining your facebook for some of the racial you know from time to time you put stuff out there and you said and these this is off your facebook page you said black conservatives are uncle toms mlk yep. must have been one then you black democrats are being duped i believe in that uh 100 because if you look at the um, history of the Democratic Party, they were the party of the of the Ku Klux Klan. Look, and I and look, everyone listening right now, you can look at everything I'm about. I'm about to tell you, they were the party of the KKK. They were the party of segregation. You know, when segregation, you know, when when Jim Crow laws were being revoked, the Democratic Party freaking voted it down. They were all about segregation. Okay, they were the Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they they were the party of Jim Crow. And look at um, oh shit, what, what's that guy's uh the bird guy? Oh, I Damn know it. you're talking about the break. senator that. Yeah. Senator. He and then when he died, I think it was William Byrd. That sounds right. Yeah, he died in 2010. Yeah, and and then when he died, everyone was like, "Oh my god, he was a he was a Klan member the entire time. He was in the goddamn Senate." So. So if you look at the at the Republican policies, never once were they about racism. Never once were they a part of segregation. And what really what really freaking gets my ass really chapped as shit is that all the all all you black folk out there, they're like, well, you know, I'm all I'm all against uh, slavery and all this shit. You're being used by the by the freaking party, and they're they're using you as they're using you to agitate. And the only reason that they're using you to agitate is because they want power, because they want to keep, you know, doing whatever. I don't want to go into Republican Democrat, you know, politics, but I'm just saying they're using you. You're you're being a slave by following that shit. That is the party of racism. It's bullshit. You look at the goddamn history of it. When has the Democratic Party ever stood? For black people ever and you can even go as recent as barack obama what the fuck it, look here, here 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 here's the whole thing i voted for barack obama the first and second time but look at it what has he ever done for black people look at chicago look at chicago right now it's black people killing black people yeah you're right look look at look at black lives matter Right now, Black Lives Matter is being funded by the leftist agenda, the Democratic Party. Black lives don't matter because here's the thing. Here's the thing that pisses me off about this shit. 
you know, everyone, all the black people out there that are screaming racism and, oh, black people are dying. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Why are you not speaking out against the problems in, the, in your own black community? There's a lot of problems in the black community. Why are you not speaking out? Because you're a bunch of fucking hypocrites. That's why. And see, that's that's what really that that's what got me over to to the conservative side, because I hate hypocrites. You don't want to sit here and speak out to the thousands of black people that have been killed in Chicago by your own folk. But yet you say black lives matter. That's bullshit. Black lives don't matter. You just want to You just want a reason to feel relevant because you because you, you, you have no self purpose. You have no self-purpose, so you want to feel relevant. So you're waiting for the next riot so that you can go sit here and loot and burn down your own community? How, did, how is that Black Lives Matter? How is what the fuck happened in Baltimore Black Lives Matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just want to feel relevant. You just want licks and clicks, or I'm sorry, you just want likes and clicks on freaking Facebook so that you can feel relevant. Now, the reason that you don't feel relevant, maybe that is a racial matter. Maybe that is something there to be said. But how are you going to make yourself feel relevant if you have nothing positive to offer to society? That is what I wish I could get across to the black community. Because this whole garbage where we're like, yeah, man, I'm going to walk down the street. I'm going to act like a nigga. I'm going to go burn some shit down. No, that, that's, that's not how civilized people work. It's all about civil society. And frankly, in America, we have a right to civil society. Civility is not walking around at night, shooting each other, trading drugs, burning communities down because one person made a mistake. That's not civility. You're acting like an animal. You know, that, that's a derogatory term that black folk are called, apes. We're called apes. So when you act like an ape, you're doing nothing more than feeding into that stereotype. And the only way you're going to get around it is by not acting like that. And that's why I really respect Martin Luther King. Fair enough. Now, let's, before, we, before we take the next step forward, which brings us kind of into, into today, you know, as a kid, I remember watching TV. And like I've said, I grew up in a very homogenic white area. You know, I didn't see a black person – until I was in middle school. I mean, in real life. I mean, we watched the Cosby show on TV, which, you know, showed an all-American wholesome family. But other than that, I remember watching TV. Black people were never portray portrayed as the good guys. You know, they were always the no. thugs. They were always the murderers. They were always, you know, and, and I wonder if that is a is something left behind from the racism of time gone by or why it was portrayed that way. It was very rare that you ever saw a good black guy. Now you might see a bad white guy on TV, but it was very rare that you'd see a good black person. You got any, any thought about that? Well, I, I think, uh, I mean, I think the answer to the question is a whole nother show, but I mean, to, to put it in a nutshell, I mean, like I just spoke about stereotypes, and some, sometimes I have to wonder, though, how much of the media is feeding into the stereotype of black people? Because I'm a good black person. 
I, I know a lot of good black people. I work with a lot of good black people. I know a lot. Of, I'm friends with, but you never see that on the media. So I don't know where some of, I mean, there is inherent racism. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and deny that. And I, I, I don't know what drives that agenda. I mean, there, you, you could speculate. I mean, there, there is a reason to have racial division in this country. There is a reason. It's because you cannot control a population unless you incite chaos. That is truth. And right now in this country, we don't, we don't have poverty because we're the richest, most powerful country, you know, and we're very, we're, we're very diverse. Even the poorest people in this country still have more stuff to their name than the, than the other people in the world that are poor. You know what I'm saying? The only thing we have really to spark division in this country is racism. And, you know, if you want to really get into it hardcore, freaking gender, this, this whole gender type shit with trans and, you know, bi and Z and G and all this bullshit. I mean, if you look at the media right now, they have been so co-opted by the leftist agenda. It's, 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 it's anything to divide us, you know, and it's, 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 and it's just sick. The whole damn thing is sick. You know, I, I'm curious what your what your co-host thinks about it. I'm seeing him over there with his. I want to know his views on this because I know he's a he's he's kind of left leaning. What are your thoughts on racism in America? How do you see it? Well, like Chad said, he had a a pretty white bread upbringing. Me, I'm from Boston, born and raised, graduated from Boston Public Schools. So for me, I don't really think I encountered what most people think of as racism until I left Boston because okay. for me it was they were the the guys I played ball with they were the guys I was in choir with or went to church with were they black guys my school and looking back on it and talking to other people I, my school actually had kind of a, a really harsh quota but they did it to maintain that it was about 25% white, 25% black, 25% Asian, 25% Hispanic. Pretty much 50-50 male-female. So did you see a lot of racism through the classes of people, honestly? Not a whole lot. With me, like, I'm predominantly Irish. I've got a little Jewish in my background. We had a, a little bit of issue because it, my grandfather left Germany ahead of the Nazis. But okay. I always lived in neighborhoods where my ethnic background was the minority. Now, I usually dealt with it by just kind of fitting in. Uh, most of my time in middle school and high school, I lived in an Italian neighborhood. So I learned Italian and I played soccer. My mom uh, was only child of a single mom, but we owned not only our own house, but it was a multifamily house. So, okay. but she always worked in neighborhoods that were predominantly non-white and she worked in a bank. So some neighborhoods were predominantly black, some neighborhoods were predominantly Latino. So I think in, in a way I got in the, the middle of a really racially diverse city, I got kind of a sheltered upbringing in terms of not really having to see people as different. Okay, well, well let me ask you this. I don't know if uh, we said this on the show or not, but we I think we talked about it before the show. You're leftist lean. Can you explain to me why the left is pushing 
this racist garbage so hard because I don't see it. I, and I've lived, I've lived all over the country. I've traveled the world in the military. Why is, why is this such a goddamn issue? It, because I don't think it's an issue. Can you explain to me why it's an issue? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. Well, I'm not a huge fan of politicians to begin with. Chad tells me that says that I'm leftist, I'm liberal. He and I argue all the time about things like fiscal policy, religion, all that crap. With almost anything else, especially in American society, and it, you kind of touched on it earlier, it's something that the people in power can use to stay in power. And right now, it, it's mainly, it's a hot button topic because people generally like to think that they're right about things, that, that what they think is the way that the world is. And so with, when you're talking about the media, the media used to be something that you could rely on. And nowadays it's infotainment, if there's any info in it at all. But it, it really harps on the differences, it harps on the distinctions, and it harps on people's prejudices because they're trying to get ratings numbers so they can sell ad revenue. So it, it's all about money and control. You know, and, and what I was what I would really love is when is the left and the right both? I mean, both are just as guilty with their freaking, you know, what, what's it? Uh, demagoguery. Sorry. <laughs> you know, everyone has their freaking niche. When are we going to finally realize the enemy isn't the left or the right? It's the media. It's the, it's what we, you know, it's all the clicks and likes that we have in our face. When are we going to put that shit down and just have a civil conversation about all of our ideals? You know what I'm saying and and we both you know each side always has to realize that there's an extreme side to the right there's an extreme there's definitely a extreme side to the left everyone has an extreme side Th those are the fringe elements of what's going on but you know it's like when when are we going to just stop listening to that cancer that is the media that's the radio all the time because it, it's doing nothing all it's doing is dividing us and that and that's the thing it's like we have to realize that they're doing this for it for a purpose they're doing it on purpose to divide us because they're they're hoping that we finally hate each other so much that we start killing each other and it gets to a point where there's a civil war and then we're all going to run to big daddy government and be like oh save us but then when we all then when both sides come to come to government and say oh save us save us well then they're going to save us but they're going to put a whole bunch of new freaking rules in place and they're going to take away our freedoms because I've talked to people on the left. They, they agree with the freedoms of America. They do. But they're so poisoned with the garbage that like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all those clowns are freaking spewing out. And then you have the right They're You know, frankly, Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos, that guy's a freaking douche. I can't stand that asshole. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, when are we going to freaking stop this freaking, you know, fight between the two sides and realize that the enemy is not each other? The enemy is the person that, you know, the enemy is the people that's, you know, guiding us into this fight. I'm asking you, when do you think that's going to happen? I'm looking at you there, homeboy. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just trying to think of how I want to answer. The short answer is I don't know. And the, the not quite a short answer is I'm afraid we've gone too far to get back there. No, I don't think so. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. 
I hope you're right. Usually I, I like to be right, but in this case, I hope you're right. Like for instance. <laughs> that is true. He usually does like to be right. Let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on um, gay marriage? Yes. What are your thoughts? For or against it? For. Okay. I mean, I'm... And, I, and I'm I, concerned. I'm a huge comic book fan, so I, I like to... Whenever somebody asks me about marriage rights or this or that, I, I like to borrow a line from uh, Wolverine from back in the 80s. All right. And it was, a little piece of paper doesn't mean we love each other, and if we stop, a little piece of paper isn't going to keep us together. Okay. And so, I'm, a, I'm a church-going conservative, and I agree with you. I do support gay marriage. I do. Because the Bible says God is all love. Right. Look, if you're two dudes and you love each other, how, how does that affect me? doesn't affect me one goddamn way. I don't care. I have gay friends. I have trans friends. I don't care. See, that's the thing. You know, it's like, look, you have your view. I'm conservative. I have my views. But it's like we all see, we all see something in the middle. But see, the news won't report that. They're like, oh, well, you know, these conservatives. They're all about, oh, just kill everyone that just hates gay marriage and all this shit, and we're all a bunch of white supremacists, which, which is kind of funny, you know, conservatives are all white, white supremacists. Go figure that out. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, when it comes to things like that, there's a difference between what the individual thinks and what a group of right. people think. You know what I mean? Well, and that's, yeah, and, and we are a republic, and so we do have a group think. And I, I think, you know, <clears throat> what I'm talking about is like the group think i think is really fueled by a very distorted mainstream media i honestly believe that i, I don't disagree with you but let's 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 take a step back let's get back on on track here with our <laughs> sorry about that. no that's okay that's that's perfectly fine I yes, just... uh, both our regular listeners know that uh we routinely get off track both of uh, them both of them yes. hopefully they both listen to this one mm-hmm but anyway, so we, we, we talked about the 1960s, then we move into the 1980s, and things seem to have gotten, seemed on the surface to look better for black people in America. You know, you started hearing about black people as CEOs and CFOs of companies and things like that. And, and when I when I say that, I don't mean mom and pop companies. I'm talking about big multinational companies. You know, I'm a little confused on that. I don't know who who are black CEOs. I don't know of any. You don't know of any? I couldn't give you any names. No, uh, because I don't think there are any. <laughs> you might be That's right. The problem with, That's the problem with the black community. God damn it! They all think someone knows them something. Anyways. Anyway, <laughs> so and then we get into current time. We just we just got done having a black president. Yeah, we did. Which you know, for whatever reason, he was elected as president. Whether it was you know for for change, whether it was his skin color, it is what it is. We had a black president. Now, see, why does it have to be? I mean, he's an excellent speaker. He is an excellent speaker. So I don't disagree with you. In fact, I voted for him. He's an excellent speaker when he has a teleprompter. When he goes off the cuff, he's a terrible speaker. But we never really seen him off the cuff. <laughs> oh, I can I can pull up clips. He 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 starts to uh, 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 
he he's not that. He's he's a robot. But Go anyway, ahead. What I, what well, I was, he's a politician. I I am a for the most part. I call myself. I don't really like to give myself a political label, but if I did, it would be libertarian because I'm very much about a fiscally conservative, you know, and a socially liberal look at life. Amen, brother. But I don't even like that label because I like to look at the two people in a contest and figure out which one is less full of shit because that's really what it comes down to for me anyway. So I voted for Obama the first time around because for me, it was just, it was that fresh air. It was that change thing that he preached. You know, it re- I really got caught up in that. We all did. We the all second did. time around, I, I couldn't bring myself to vote for him. Of course, I didn't vote for the other guy either, you know, kind of thing. I always vote. I don't always vote a national party, though. So, but what were your thoughts Again, as a, as a black man, what were your thoughts about having a black president? Does the fact that he was black matter, or is it the fact of what he did for the country as a whole? Was that more important than the color of his skin? All right. Well, I was a military guy, so I don't really see race as a thing, to be honest with you. Now, with that said, though, um, the fact that he was a black president, okay, we did it. But the thing is, is that he didn't do anything. He he didn't do what did he do? He 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 did um Obamacare. Okay. Well, I don't use Obamacare because I have a job because I work. Unlike all the lazy ass freaking leftist pieces of garbage that don't work that protest every day. I have a job, so I never used it. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> hey, I have a <laughs> but, job. You know, it's like I carry my family's health insurance. So do do. do you- Protest every day? I, I'm a teacher. Does that count? <laughs> I complained every day. Does that count? No, maybe not. But, you know, it's like he didn't do anything. The only thing that I saw that Obama did, honestly, and I'm not, I'm not fucking around with this shit. He, okay, look, if you want to go on semantics, he was the first black president. Okay. He made promises to the black community that he was going to unite the country. He didn't do any of that. All he did was freaking agitate. Because if you look at Barack Obama's past, he was a freaking community organizer. That's code for agitator. All he did was just bring up old wounds that didn't need to be brought up, pissed off a lot of people, made a... You know, when Trayvon Martin, for instance, was killed, okay? Look, I don't know what the fuck happened with Trayvon Martin, but I'm guessing that if he wasn't acting like a little prick, he wouldn't have gotten shot. And, you know, who, who, who was the guy that killed Trayvon Martin? George Zimmerman? Yeah? All right. Okay, look, I don't know George Zimmerman either. He's got a freaking record you no know, you know, longer than freaking Christ was alive. That guy's, that guy's a piece of garbage, too. But the thing is, it's like, look, if you're not out doing nefarious activity, you're not going to get freaking killed. You're not going to get shot up. But see, every time a black person got targeted by a cop. Look, I understand that there are shady cops. I get it. There's shady everybody everywhere. You know, and I'm a professional truck driver. I deal with cops all the fucking time. Okay? A black guy. I've never had a problem. But you know why I don't have a problem? is because I don't freaking have an attitude. I'm not freaking, you know, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. Like, hey, why, why, are you, why are you fucking pulling me over there, white guy? 
No. I show respect. Not not respect for the white man. I just show respect for the human being. So it's like every time, you know, there's that there was that thing in the media there was that whole cycle in the media where it's like every time some black person got gunned down by a cop, oh, they only showed you the convenient part of the video. They didn't show you every everything that led up to it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look, if you're not freaking doing nefarious activities, then you're not gonna get shot. So I don't I don't feel sorry for all the shit that happened and and freaking Obama freaking used all that all that crap. All that crap in Baltimore, um uh freaking Missouri, all that shit. He all that shit to freaking incite racial tension. He did it on purpose. So no, I'm not a fan of Obama. He he's an agitator. He did that shit on purpose. He has an agenda. And his agenda is to agitate the population so that, you know, everything gets so freaking out of control. We have a civil war and then boom. <laughs> Daddy government. Come save me. It's stupid. Obama, look, Obama was our first black president, but he didn't do shit. He didn't do dick. What did he do? I'm going to ask the leftist on our show. What did he do? I, I don't think I'm quite far enough to be considered a leftist, but. Oh, oh. Oh, see, 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 now you're changing your views. See? All right. Come on, Chad. Yeah. Well, let's do it, we, we well, let's do it this way. Instead of asking it that way, why don't we ask it this way? Scott. Yep. Did you vote for Obama? Both times. Okay. Why did you vote for Obama? Um, pretty much because I didn't agree with McCain. And then I, I still have family in Massachusetts from where the other guy was governor. So it was kind of like, um, when uh, Reagan finished his second term and Bush Sr. ran, his opponent on the Democrat side was Michael Dukakis, former governor of Massachusetts. Yeah, I voted for Bush Sr. Wasn't Michael I, Dukakis also a known Klan member? Or weren't those allegations? No, 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 that was David Duke. Never that was mind. David Duke, yeah. Michael so, Dukakis was a first-generation Greek-American. Yeah, okay. So... You're on your own there, Chad. He was a clan member. You're, you're right. I got the wrong guy there. I was I yeah. was thinking David Duke. Never mind. No, I, I actually had had still been living in Massachusetts when Dukakis was governor. So I knew firsthand how bad he would be. Okay. Here's the thing, though, Scott. Why? Because I think your answer is going to be the same as mine. Why did you vote for Obama? I listened to what he was saying, and I thought if he got into office and actually pulled it off, it would be great. I knew he was a politician, so I didn't put a whole lot of stock in Same it. Here. But hope, hope and change. That's what I That's heard. That's what we all heard. Yeah. I believed it. But let, but let me ask you this, Scott. Did he get anything accomplished other than Obamacare? What did he do? Not a whole lot. All right. Thank you. Thank you, folks. All right. So then let's move beyond that. So our current president, Mr. Donald Trump, I can't say the name, pre <laughs> oh, I can't say Lord. the word president and, and Trump in the same sentence. They just don't, in Apart my head, from here. Well, yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't mesh in my head. But Donald Trump has come on the scene and aside from that, we now have where we're having all these issues with the the South. All of a sudden, you know, having a a southern uh you know uh Confederate flag is a no no. All of a sudden they're pulling down these statues and all this other stuff. Because of the history behind these people. What are your thoughts? Do you agree with this? Do you agree that these these things need to go away? Given the way you're laughing, I'm guessing no. 
No, it's stupid. It's stupid. All all of these dumbass freaking look. Listen, I'm gonna red pill everybody right here. Listen, all those dumbass activists, they're they're all funded by that asshole George Soros. It's it's proven. They talk about it on the freaking news all the time. It, it's just agitation groups. Okay, Robert E. Lee, like I said, yes, he was a slave owner, but he said slavery is evil and he released all of his slaves out of his own without Lincoln's freaking influence. And if you ask any black person, do you, you know, it's like, do you think about, you know, Robert E. Lee as a slave owner? We don't give a shit. You know, here, here's the thing. Leave the statues up. If anything, as a military guy, they were still Americans, even though they were traitors. <laughs> I will say that. But they were still Americans. They all died. They all died in what they believed in. And, and that's what makes our country beautiful. We have a right, you know, see, that's a, okay, here we go. That's what makes our country beautiful. That is what people, that, that, you know, that's what the men and women in America die for every fucking day. It's so that you have the right to believe in what you believe in. And when you start censoring that, when you start erasing that history, that's 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 illness. You know, there are civilizations who erase history to make it poignant. ISIS is now going through the Middle East erasing history because they doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't uh it doesn't co- you know co it does it doesn't have cohesion. Yeah, it, it doesn't have cohesion with their ideals. And it happens, you know, over and over. You you can't erase history. History is history. It's there, whether you want to take down the monuments or not. But you should leave them up. You know, le- you know, leave up the histories of the you know the monuments of the Confederate Army. So then you know, and tell the truth about what happened, and then maybe we won't make those mistakes. Because if you forget history, you're going to make those mistakes. You know. And if you don't remember the mistakes that you made as a society in history, you're going to you're going to repeat it. It's a proven fact. And that's exactly what's happening right now. So if you look at World War Two, you had Hitler. Okay, he was on a genocidal mission. He wanted to take out the Jews. And then he had a whole bunch of other stuff that was on his list. Blonde haired, blue eyed people. Hitler. Okay, let's let's all take a little. Let's all take a little moment. Think about it. Blonde haired. Blue-eyed people, Hitler wanted to take out. But what was Hitler? He was none of those people. No, he was a little dark-haired. Uh, he wasn't even German. He was uh, Austrian, I believe. Yep. Yeah, and he was part and Jewish. He was part Jewish. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was part Jewish. So it's like, he, but he was so charismatic that people followed him. And see, that is the threat. That That is what scares me so much right now about America and about the media and all that garbage. It's so charismatic. is because it's like, well, you know, we should, we should really freaking support Antifa because, you know, they're doing all their stuff. It's like, and the thing is, Antifa, they, it stands for anti-fascism. But they're fascist as all shit. Hitler was fascist as all shit. History is repeating itself for Christ's sakes, people. Open your goddamn eyes. I don't know, Scott. Well, I'm, I'm going to kind of turn it over to Scott here for a minute. I know there were some things you want to talk about. I know we touched on some of them, but I'm, I'm focused now, Scott. <laughs> I want to get back to uh, something you were talking about earlier, and you were you were 
talking about it in with a, a humorous tone, but given what we've been talking about it, I'm sure there's an element of sincerity underneath it. When you are asking, am I, as a teacher, indoctrinating and to a certain extent brainwashing the next generation with my leftist agenda? Yeah. I'm, I'm very serious about that because I've seen it a lot. I teach in a fairly large public school. Um, it's about the population's about 80% white, 10% uh, Asian, 10% uh, black and Hispanic. So most of my students uh, have upbringing experiences uh, definitely closer to Chad's than to mine. So in, in terms of who they see when they look out their front door. Um, now, as I, I mentioned, one of the things I teach is English. And um, obviously one of the books that pretty much every high school in America teaches in English is To Kill a Mockingbird. And I, over the years when, when I've been teaching this book, I actually get more pushback from parents than I do from kids about teaching it because I talk about that it was published in uh, 61, 1961. It's set in the late 30s in the South. And I talk about how the author, Harper Lee, was using what was going on around her in the civil rights movement to like inform the novel. She was setting it earlier, but she was using it to call attention to what the problems were in society. And I, a lot of the kids say, oh, it was written 50 some years ago. Why are we reading this old crap? Why aren't we reading Hunger Games? That's relevant. That's modern. That's contemporary. And I'm like, yeah, okay, dystopian novels are fine, but the pieces of To Kill a Mockingbird are still relevant because look at what's going on in, in America around you. We still have racism. We still have violence. We still have um, people judging by the, the color of the skin rather than the content of their character. And so then I start getting pushback from the parents saying, why are you telling our, our children that there's racism? There's no racism. We, we've moved past, past racism. I say, no, we haven't. And until we do, Mockingbird is a, a relevant text. Okay. I mean, we, we, do, we do have racism, but I don't think it's as rampant as it's being pushed, pushed to be. And I think you disagree with I think you disagree with that. You think I disagree with that? Yeah. Oh, oh. I was just looking at your facial features um, on the video. Sorry. Internet problem. No, that's fine. Um, I, I mean, we do have racism. I, but it's like, what, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, with, Go ahead. with the leg, we keep cutting each other off. Sorry. Um, sorry. I do think, I, I think you're right. I, I think we have differing opinions on the extent to which, um, it, at least that it's occurring. I, I don't think we disagree that it's a problem. I think we just disagree as to the scope of the problem. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, absolutely. So, what is the scope of the problem? What do I mean by scope, or how big do I think the scope is? Yeah, how, how big do you think the scope is? I think it's less in some of the smaller communities, mainly because people in smaller communities actually know each other. Okay, fair enough. For, for me, a lot of it boils down to knowledge versus ignorance. Uh, quantify. Humans in, in general tend to fear what they don't understand. And then the next step is they tend okay. to hate or attack what they fear. 
And so if you know somebody, it doesn't matter what they look like because you know them. And since you know them, you're not ignorant of them. And therefore, unless they've given you specific cause to fear them, you generally don't fear them. No, I, I agree with that. And, and that's why and that's where I get on the black community is because when you feed into the stereotype that we are given, then you feed into that garbage. Instead, you know, stop back like a bunch of animals, educate yourself, you know, and then, you know, act proper, you know, just act, you know, just act civilized and then people aren't going to fear you. I, I, I totally get that. And I know that, you know, you know, black people call me all, all the time. Well, you're, you're a fucking Uncle Tom. No, I'm not an Uncle Tom. I just want to better myself. Why am I going to walk around the streets with my freaking pants hanging down to my freaking knees? Being like, hey, yo, nigga. Hey, yo, nigga. You got some goddamn crack, bitch? No, I'm not going to do that. Let me, it makes let me no get a, Let me get a clarification from, from you, Jason. And maybe, maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe I should. But what is an Uncle Tom? An Uncle Tom is a black person who doesn't conform to the black community. And by that, I mean, if a black person does something wrong and they know that they've done something wrong, if you don't defend that person and quantify it with the fact that they're being oppressed by whitey, then you're an Uncle Tom. So, for instance, like if a black person walks down the road and he steals something from the 7-Eleven because he doesn't have enough money to buy something and he's starving. And so he goes down there and he steals a candy bar and then he gets caught by the cops. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have stolen that because you should you know, get off your ass and get a job. Oh, I'm an uncle Tom. Or like, for instance, like uh, if a black person, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's like this, this whole quantified ghetto community garbage. Like black people just you know like walking around with their stupid oh yeah yeah yo no yo nigga hey yo nigga I mean it, it just sounds so unintelligent to me I I'm not down with that ghetto shit why don't you educate yourself and learn to speak and be intelligent to the to the community but it's like like hey that then it's like oh well well now you speak like a white person no I don't speak like a white person I speak like an intelligent person okay you know. Because it's, it's like, look, if you uh, look, look at it like this. If you want to be at one with everybody, what's the first thing that's the basis of being one? Communication. If you can't communicate because you're walking around talking like some gangster thug with your fucking ass hanging out, doing whatever the fuck you're doing, how, how, is, that, how is that community building? It's not. You look like a degenerate. You look like a piece of garbage and you're feeding into the fucking racism that white people have given you. And the thing is, is that when you feed it into a stereotype, everybody has a stereotype for a reason. Asian drivers, for instance, they drive like shit. Jewish people, they're, they're good with money because they're good with money. Black people, they're thugs because a lot of them act like thugs. White people smell like mayonnaise because you know what? You all like mayonnaise. You know what I'm saying? stereotypes exist for a reason and you know it's like you know but you, you you can't bring that up because it's like oh no you can't say that about asian people because you're you know that makes you a racist that's not pc fuck that pc shit no who gives a shit but you know as far as this whole garbage between black and white it's all it's all crap it, it you know the the, the whole freaking you know, riff is crap. That brings me to another one of your uh, Facebook posts that I have written down here. 
So this one actually has a lot to do with what, what you just said. It says, breaking news. This just in, your skin color is due to evolution to adjust to the UV rays of the sun. Cut open, we are all the same. Just wanted all you black and white racists to know, racism is mental, not biological. Carry on. Now, the thing that, the, the thing that it's true. stands out to me on this is... I mean, you've simplified the whole problem. It, it is. It's absolutely mental. There's no difference between you and me or you and Scott or Scott and I. You're right. You cut us open. We all bleed. We're, you know, we're all of the human race. But I thought it was interesting that you wrote, just want to let all you black and white racists know. That's the thing that's missed a lot is there's black racists too. Racism is not just a white issue. It's not. And, you know, and most of the racism being a black man in America, most of the racism that I've ever encountered is from other black people because I'm not black enough, because I'm educated, because I speak, because I speak, you know, clearly, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not down with ghettified bullshit. All the, I mean, most of the racism, I'm not saying all, but most of the racism that I've experienced in America is from black uneducated coon-ass black folk i'm not joking you know as a professional i'm not i'm a i'm a professional driver so i deal with cops all right all the tickets are from black folk all the warnings that i've gotten are from white folk see that's the thing you know so it's like you can sit here and say that white people are racist and all this bullshit it's not true honestly the most racism I have ever experienced in my 40 years of living is from black people upon black people. Not black enough. They're the most racist sons of bitches out there. And that makes them hypocrites. And, you know, look at it biologically, okay? If you want to know why skin color the way it is, it's through evolution. It's through, you know, the various, you know, hemispheres that we freaking, you know, evolved in, you know, as humans. Like, you know, everyone on the equator that are, you know, more exposed to the sun, well, you know, we're darker because, you know, we have melanin in our skin to protect us from the sun. The people that are the most whitest, well, they evolved in the most northern part, you know, of the hemisphere of the, of the earth. And so they're white because the sun's not really there. But it's like if you take all that shit away, if you start carving away the skin, we're all the same inside. And, it, it, you know, this whole racist garbage that's going on, it's it. it to me, it seems so stupid. And if you want to go even deeper, if you want to go on a feel, I don't, I don't know who's who's really. Is anyone re religious on the show? Anybody? Okay, I, I figured the leftist guy would be an atheist. <laughs> but it's like, look, I think you're an atheist, though. Um, agnostic, maybe. Yeah, but it, well, as Douglas right, Scott, Adams said, it, agnostics are just lazy atheists. Do you like science at all? <laughs> yes. Okay. Check this out. Hey, I might be religious, but I like science, too. Yeah, I actually went to college on a physics scholarship. I'm not a hardcore Christian, but check this out on a physics level, okay? Now, all three of us are sitting here talking right now. Yep. You all feel real, right? Everyone feels real. Yep. Everyone has memories. You all remember things from your childhood. You all remember the first time that you cried, the first time you hurt and all that stuff, right? What do you think happens to you when you die? Do you think that that light goes out? What do you, have you ever been to a funeral 
and you've seen the body at the funeral, and it's like, oh, man, this looks like a, a doll. It's because the light inside of it is gone. Well, if you look at scientific fact, there is scientific fact of other freaking um, dimensions of the universe. So with that said, yeah, though. Parallel dimensions, energy states, stuff like that. Well, exactly. now, see, the, Chad and I might not be the best audience for this because both of us actually have had paranormal experiences and we're more on the, the side of ghosts and spirits and all of that exist. Well, I was going to so it's like when you die, I don't think the consciousness ceases to exist by any stretch of the imagination. There's, there's no way. No. There's no way because everything feels so real. You feel so real. Everything in your life is so real. When you, when you freaking croak, okay, yeah, your consciousness goes somewhere else. Where is that? I don't fucking know. I have no freaking clue on that, but it's so real that you go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this, this whole thing about race is stupid because our bodies right now, right here on Skype, we're just a husk. We're just an avatar. You know, if, if, if any of you guys, you know, it's like we're just avatars. So it's like when we die, we're not black. We're not white. We're not anything. We're just energy particles. We're just, we're just pieces of the universe. You know, we're just pieces that the universe uses and puts into physicality so that it so that the universe itself can experience itself. But we're we're not black or white. We're not Asian. We're not Indian. We're not left, you know, left wingers or right wingers. We're none of that. Because once we die, that's it. We're consciousness. And then we just become a part of another physicality you know we just become another physical whole so the universe can experience itself i mean that's what life is that's why you know like this whole racism garbage it it just it boggles my mind because it's so unimportant and it's so right here and now because i mean if you think about the way that time travels Okay, well, I'm going to live 70 years and then I'm going to croak and then I'm going to move consciousness to God knows what. I'm assuming another sentient being, another sentient husk, but I mean, what if I'm not black? What if I'm a woman the next life? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's just so stupid. It's so stupid to sit here and oh man, this guy's black. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm scared of him. Oh, this guy's white. Oh, oh my god. He must be racist. It's so dumb. Because it, the, the thing is, is that we're all so stuck right now in the here and now. But, you know, the here and now is not the here and now. It's just a moment in existence. That's the thing. We're all stuck in a moment in existence. It's futile. It's stupid. All right. Did I, I, did I get? I, I totally agree with you, man. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, we're coming up on the end of our on our time together here. So. I'm going to read one more of your Facebook posts, okay? Oh, God. Jeez, Not man, that man. he stalks you on Facebook or anything. So. <laughs> How about but my cat video? This one, I think, I think this kind of puts a nice little wrapper on everything we've been talking about. And um, this one says, racism, built by fear of being less than you perceive yourself within your own mental constraints. When presented by something outside your own parabolic definition, you question your own self-defined integrity. Instead of finding yourself internalized truth 
through external observation, look within. Self-definition is not found in the outward observations of others as they appear, but self-definition is found through the eternal, or I'm sorry, the ethereal eye that sees beyond the void of the prison of physicality in which we are in which we all reside. Lock tightly into what we believe in. Once you accept your prison and the illusion, only then will all Oh, I'm sorry. Only then will we all accept that fact that our roots don't derive from evolutionary form. It derives from the light in which we all come from, mist, thought, imagination. When those realizations become reality, only then will we find peace. What do I know? I'm just a stupid trucker. Okay, I'm going to start off by saying that last, that last bit that you wrote in there. You are not a stupid trucker by any stretch of the imagination, my friend. No, but I okay. think that kind of puts a nice little ribbon on what we just talked about, what you were just talking about, about the fact that we're, we're energy within hulls or husks or whatever you want to call them. And that yeah. the spark of life has nothing to do with what we look like on the outside. So, no. you know, I don't know. I mean, I thought I was going to use that that part um, as a, as a discussion starter, but we didn't really need one because we got there real easily. Um, but you know, it's, um, I don't know. I'm having a real hard time putting words to this, but it's a, it's a red pill. It's a red pill. What I, what you, what you just read is it's a red pill because you have to realize that your reality is just this moment. You know, it's like we, we all die. There's nobody ever that has ever escaped you know ever escaped death even jesus if you read the bible so it's like we all die so it's like what's the meaning of all this crap are, are we going to sit here and waste our time talking about hmm, you're white i'm black you're you're indian you're asian no it's stupid and that and that's what i really want to get across to you know everyone that you know reads my facebook or you know listens to my podcast or stuff like that you know it's just it's it's a complete waste of time. And I just want people to know that you're being manipulated by a, a group of media groups that, you know, they just want a story. They just want to put stuff on the media. They're like, wow, oh, wow. This black guy, you know, he went down there and did this to this white person. Okay. It's one, it's one person who gives a shit. You know what I, you know what I would love? What's that? Think about this. The one thing that I contemplate the most is, where did we come from? Where? And and that's why I love astronomy. But it doesn't answer the question of where did human consciousness come from? I have never found that answer. The only time I found that is through meditation and, you know, deep thought. But, you know, it's like we are all so real. And even when we die, we are all so real. But why are we here? What are we here to accomplish? What's the reason? Maybe there is no reason. Maybe it's the whole thing of the universe. You know, maybe there's no reason for anything. I don't know. I don't know. But I think that, you know, you know, when we spend our time fighting with each other over skin color of something so futile and stupid, it just seems like a waste of time because it's like, what happens when you die? Where do you go? What are the other missions that we have to do? I, I don't know. You know, it's like there, there is so much more to the universe than right here and now. 
We're just a blink of an eye. Right now, where we all exist, we're just a blink of an eye. What happens once that eye takes a blink and closes and then opens again? Where are we then? You know, I, I, mean, I mean, if we all focus, I, I, and listen, I'm not trying to sound like a hippie or anything like that. I'm not. <laughs> Trust me. I'm just saying, you know, it's like, think about the bigger picture. Think about the universe. Think about consciousness and, I mean, everything. Think about existence. It fascinates me to the core. You know, and it's like we're all a part of whatever. The way that I think about things is that even though we all seem very significant in our own little world, in our own little podcast or, you know, video game session or whatever, it's really not true. We're all a part of a big system that always exists within the Coriolis effect. And you can you can Google that so you can understand it. I'm not going to go into that. But it's like, what happens when we die? Where do we go after that? Where do we, what do we become? You know, where, where do we come from? All this stuff. You know, it's like, to me, it's like this whole racism thing is just so mundane. It's so stupid. So juvenile. It's like, have, have we not, have we not grown past that? And that, I mean, that's honestly, as a black male, that's where I stand in my life and in my soul and in my husk. Have we not gone past that? Because it's like, okay, so somebody doesn't like me because I'm black. Okay, big deal. Someone's not going to like me because I'm fat. Somebody's not going to like me because I'm tall. Somebody's not going to like me because uh, I talk the way I talk. People aren't going to like you for whatever reason. But you know what? In the end, you die. And you die alone. And it doesn't matter who's you. And it doesn't matter who loves you. In the end, you die alone. And the question is, when you die, where do you go and what do you do in the next time you have a round? That's it. That's how I see the thing. That's how, that's how I see life. I don't care who likes me. I don't care who loves me. Well, except my wife and kids. But you know what? And I can't take them with me either. In the end, honestly, here's, here's the thing. In the end, we're all alone. All right. I think that about wraps it. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end, man. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for sitting down and talking with us. I think that's a good place to end it. Yep. So thanks a lot, Jason. We appreciate it. Oh, you're certainly welcome. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POIGamestudio.